you're ready to stop submitting basic applications and winging your interview for your next nursing role, whether you're a graduate nurse or a seasoned healthcare professional, we'd love to exclusively invite you to our secret nurse growth hub, where you can get all of the support to apply, interview and land your next nursing role completely free. All of the resources that we've shared and created over the last three years that have helped 3,000 plus nurses internationally apply, interview and land their next nursing role. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us today. It's completely free. LiamCaswell.com forward slash NGH. Come and join the Nurse Growth Hub today and let's make applying, interviewing and landing your next nursing role easy. Hello future graduate nurses, welcome back to the podcast and this special graduate nurse success series episode. This week we are revisiting an Instagram live that I did where I answered your questions. It's a really good episode where I dive into real life questions that you guys have and I wanted to reshare this because I know some of you aren't on Instagram and it will be definitely of value for you. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful humans. It's Liam. How are we? I'm jumping on live because I've been live for a long time. I've just finished coaching our graduate nurses for 2023 which is my favorite time of the week it's so fabulous i really enjoy it and uh, we get deep into all of the graduate pro like issues challenges all of the things so i wanted to jump on here and invite you all to ask me questions about graduate nurse programs graduate nursing nursing how to succeed as an ain student nurse tips whatever it is life mindset career tell me ask me all the questions get them in the comments and I'll just riff on them because I'm totally not prepared, but that's totally fine. So a couple of things that we've noticed this year in our graduates is that graduate programs are starting to open now. So they're starting to open across the country. And the busy time for graduate programs usually is like June, July, August. Lots of things happen around then across the country. I'm talking nationwide. Let me know what questions you have about graduate programs, whether it's this year, next year, what questions you have, let me know. Hey, Anna, thank you so much. So yeah, it's going to get busy. It's going to get really, really busy. And one thing that I see that happens all the time is that people don't set themselves up for success ahead of time because you guys are friggin' busy. You're probably busier than the graduate programs, right? There are so many things happening. So what I want to acknowledge is that as we move forward through the year, it really is about how can you set yourself up best now for your graduate applications. And what I mean by that is you need to start your applications now. Your CV cover letter selection criteria. You can get most of your CV done, get it updated, ready to rock and roll. And then your cover letter, your selection criteria, those two we can do a little bit more with later. But you can set them up so that they're aesthetically pleasing. If you're a graduate nurse and you're finishing this year and you haven't downloaded my free application guide, go and get it. Now, link is in the bio. You must download that because it will get you started on the path. It will get you ahead of the pack. So question do you think a graduate nursing program is essential or is an entry-level job also something worth considering? I friggin' love this question. Guess what? You know me. You get to do whatever you want. You get to literally do whatever you want. Once you've got your APRA, as long as you work within the scope of APRA, 
you get to do whatever you want. So you get to apply for graduate programs, specialty programs, you get to nurse on your own terms. That's what I call it. You get to navigate nursing on your terms that suits you best. Gone are the days where you must get a graduate program. I really want you guys to rinse that from your brain. It's not essential. And here's the problem. Everybody else will tell you the opposite. People in our grad program tell me all the time, Liam, I went to the uni and they said I've got to do a graduate program. It's absolute tripe. <laughs> it's rubbish. You do not need to do anything. In fact, you don't even need to take a job when you finish. Did you know that? <laughs> you don't have to do anything. So when you go and start looking at your graduate applications, what do you want to do? Are you going to apply for a grad program, a specialty? Are you going to nurse on your terms? You get to decide. Whatever is best for you is absolutely available. We had people last year that did not apply for graduate programs and they got into jobs that they created on their own terms. One thing I will say is I dropped a podcast on this exact topic this week, so go and check it out. It's the Graduate Nurse Success Series and I talked about nursing on your own terms. It is a more difficult path, I'm not going to lie. But it's totally possible with the right support, the right commitment. And if you really have a compelling reason to do it, go for it. Stephanie, let me know how that lands. Let me know what you think. Both paths are amazing. Is there one that's better than the other? I personally don't think programs are probably the best. I think they could be much better. I think there are so many missing pieces. I'm not going to get on that bandwagon today. <laughs> so I think same, same, but different. And you get to decide what you want to do. I love that. Stevie, I'm so nervous and overwhelmed about finishing in October. Between weeks of placement, limited funds, and wanting to apply for grads, I'm just feeling overwhelmed. Okay, Stevie. Stevie, I hear you. I feel you. I see you. Number one, amazing that you know that you're overwhelmed. I know that sounds crazy. I'm talking coach speak. <laughs> it's amazing that you understand that you are overwhelmed. That's good awareness. And the reason why that's good is because when you're nurse, you're going to have all these emotions. You're going to feel all these things. And it's really important for us to be able to go, hold on, I'm feeling fear right now. Hold on, I'm feeling excitement, embarrassment, shame. So being able to acknowledge the overwhelm is the first step. Now, what I want to offer you is probably something that you haven't heard before. I'm just going to go back up to your thing here. So nervous and overwhelmed are both feelings. They're both feelings that you have in your body right now. They're vibrations. They're experiences that you're experiencing in your body, right? Nervous and overwhelmed. And P.S. I just want to normalize the fact that like, of course, you're nervous and overwhelmed. You're finishing your grad this year. You've known uni for the last three years or TAFE and you've moved through it. And you're now at a point in your life where there's so much change about to happen. Let's all just acknowledge that when change comes, whether it's good or bad or indifferent, you're going to feel all the feelings. You're going to feel nervous, worried, scared, overwhelmed, excited. So let's normalize that. First step. This is totally normal. If you're like me, I don't need to lose my shit. This is totally normal. And then I hear you. You've got lots of different pressures, right? So you've got placement, limited funds and wanting to apply for grads. What I want you to maybe get curious about is that feeling of overwhelm. Even though it's expected and it's normal, what are you thinking that's creating overwhelm? Because our feelings are generated and created through the thoughts that we have about what's happening in the world. We've been taught and conditioned that things happen in the world and they make us feel a certain way. That's actually not factually true. Things happen in the world and then we have a thought about them and then we feel a certain way. There's a middle step that we're missing. So I want you to think about, maybe it's the thought, I'm so nervous, that's got you overwhelmed. I don't know. Or I have so much to do. That's definitely going to make you feel overwhelmed. But how can you see that you've already achieved so much? You've spent three years at uni and like uni's friggin' hard. <laughs> if you can pass your nursing degree and get through uni and work part time and go on placement and live life and do all the things and go to the gym and do your life as you have. 
proved to yourself, you've proven to yourself that you can do hard things, okay? So I want to offer you the idea, Stephen, that you can totally do this, 100%. Why do I know that's true? Because hundreds and thousands of people before you have. Is it normal to feel nervous and overwhelmed? 100%. Invite all of it in. Just be like, hello, welcome, nervous, overwhelmed. It's lovely to meet you. You're here. Now what? What do you want to do with that? How do you want to show up? How do you want to spend the next three months in your nursing career? Do you want to show up overwhelmed, worried, stressed, fearful? Or do you want to show up and be like, you know what? I've got three things to do. I've got these things to do. Applications. I've got my internship. I've got my job. I've got to pay my bills. And you know what? I've done it before and I can do it again. You 100% have got this. Let me know what resonates. This is like quick fire coaching. Just want to give you some things. If you've not been exposed to coaching before, you probably are like, what's he talking about? Our thoughts create our feelings. When I learned this, it changed my life. Our thoughts create our feelings. Things outside, like my water bottle not working and like, you know, breaking does not make me feel sad. (laughs) It's my thought. They're like, oh, I loved that water bottle. It was amazing. That makes me feel sad. Does that make sense? Please somebody let me know that I'm actually not talking gibberish and that you get what I'm saying. But Stevie, I hope that that helps you. Stephanie says exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you so much. You are so, so welcome. So welcome. Sassy Sarah, love this. I've been nursing for a long time investigating how I can start nursing on my terms. Love that. Yes, Stevie, amazing. Good, 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 good. So just remember, overwhelm, nervousness, totally like part of the process, but it's also optional because if we choose more empowering thoughts and we consciously, intentionally think in a way that doesn't create overwhelm, we're going to feel better. So that's totally 100% within your power. Sassy Sarah, been nursing for a long time, investigating how I can start nursing on my own terms. I love this. One, I absolutely love this. Two, I want to question you. How true is it that you haven't been nursing on your own terms? Because here's the thing, like we all have made decisions. We all have nursed on our own terms up until this point, right? Like it's not like we were putting in a job and then we just moved and migrated and did all the things, right? Like we consciously or subconsciously have made decisions that have led us to where we are today. So when we want to change those decisions or those destinations, or we want to start creating different results, we got to start. And Sarah, I know you're doing all this amazing work. We got to start with our thoughts. We got to start thinking differently. We're going to challenge the stories that we have about what is possible for us in our nursing careers. Because nine times out of ten, it's not serving us. That's what I find to be true. But I love that for you, Sarah. I'm curious to know what you're exploring. So curious to know because I love nursing on your own terms. (laughs) Literally, that is what I do. Hake G, imposter syndrome, tell me more. Imposter syndrome. It's funny, right? Because imposter syndrome is one of those things that I think we all secretly believe one day it's going to go away. And what I've learned to be true is that imposter syndrome is good and bad. Imposter syndrome, I used to like really shit on. I used to really think like, oh my God, I'm an imposter. And it used to rule my life. When it stopped ruling my life, I started realizing that being an imposter is like a superpower. It genuinely is. Because when you lean into being an imposter and you're new and it's all different and it's change and you're a beginner, it gives you this like superpower of permission to like just ask heaps of questions. Be super curious right? We only think imposter syndrome is bad because in our brain, we make it mean something about us. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I can't do this. I don't know what that is for you, but there are some of the things that I run that I tell myself that I've practiced believing for a long time, which led me to believe that I was an imposter. I was a CNC before I was 30. I was in rooms with people that were in their 50s, 60s. And I looked around and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? (laughs) 
But then I'm like, oh, hold on. I created this result for myself. I'm here because I deserve to be here. I'm here because I am worthy of this opportunity. And that's an intentional practice, right? We have to totally lean into it. So HG saying 100%, I feel this every day. Yeah. And so do I. When I come on live, you think I'm feeling confident. You think that I'm like, oh yeah, let's do this. I'm terrified. But you know what? The more that we do something, the more that we accept that I'm going to feel like an imposter and then we do it anyway. We build that, our ability to prove to ourselves that imposter syndrome is not a good enough reason to stop us from moving forward. Imposter syndrome is never a reason why you shouldn't do something. So I want you to like embrace the imposter, bring them along with you and be like, oh, hello, of course you're here. <laughs> imposter syndrome. Wow. Of course you came along today. I'm doing something really important like presenting or I'm going to a job interview. Thanks for coming along. And then consciously reminding yourself like, I don't need to indulge in the imposter syndrome. It's here to serve me. It's here to keep me safe. It's going to be like my barometer. It's like the between the flags imposter syndrome. It's like, oh, step up there and you're going to go into the tachycardia zone. Or you're going to have issues up there. It's trying to keep you safe. But you, we don't need it, right? There's nothing coming to hurt us. Nothing, unless you're in the jungle. <laughs> Most of us are not. Let me know what you think about that with imposter syndrome. Sarah says, that's what I've been working on, changing, challenging the stories in my head. Love that. Looking at going back to the acute or something in the education to help foster a better environment for nurses. I love this so much. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the past that, which wasn't true, but it is true. We can't change it, unfortunately. You know, and I've spent a lot of time, a lot of my years, <laughs> trying to change the past, trying to rewrite the stories, trying to, you know, really look at it through a different lens. And here's what I've learned to be true. I can't change the past. I can be present in the future and I can be present now and I can really create what I want in my future when I think intentionally and when I really step into what is possible for me. So I think that it's really great to go back and to look at and to think about what we've done in the past and use it as a catapult, as a base and acknowledge how far we've really come. One thing that I love doing with myself and with our amazing nurses is going to a place where we reflect back on that first year student nurse version of you. Imagine that. Just want you to like stop and think. Sarah, like anybody, whether you're a second year, third year, you've been nursing for 50 years. I don't care. I want you to go back cognitively and think about that version of you that was a student nurse back in the day. What are they thinking? What were they feeling? What were they excited about? What would they think about what you have created today in your nursing career? Whether it's good, bad or indifferent, that doesn't matter. I want you to think about what would they really think about how far you've come, who you've become, what you've created, where you are. If I think back to my graduate nurse self, like my student nursing version of me, like, what are you doing? You work online and you help nurses in their career? Bugger off. No way. Like that student nurse version of me had such a different path in mind. I was going to be the CEO. I was going to run the frigging world, right? But then I got to a place where I was like, like maybe Sarah is right now. Where she was like, yeah, I just want to do something different. I want to nurse on my terms. My path has changed. I think a lot of us don't talk about the fact that we have to grieve that and that there is a loss there. We coach and support our patients and our families through loss and through loss theory and grief theory. The same is true in your career. I'm going to do a podcast on this actually. Like we do grieve that past version of us, that past idea of what our future would look like. But the beautiful thing is they're like, we actually get to go out in the world when we reflect back and we go, shouldn't nurse Liam, what do you think? And he's like, wow, you work online as a nurse? 
and you help people and you empower them and you help them see that there's so many options available to them, that's pretty awesome. Like you could never have thought that that was possible. And I'm sure when you reflect back, that's maybe hopefully the lens that you see it through. But use that past version of you to like propel you forward. I don't know if that makes sense, but some form of acknowledgement would be amazing. Let me know. Love or dislike. I don't know if you can do thumbs down, but <laughs> let me know what you think. But I love that. Hey, I've got a couple more minutes. What questions do you guys have? Tell me any questions, nursing careers, um, tips, tricks, advice. We're just talking. I put graduate nursing there, but we've got people at all ends of the spectrum of the nursing career on here. Ask me a question. Let me know. Like free reign. Let's do this. One of the things that I'm noticing, I'm going to talk whilst you guys do this, one of the things I'm noticing in graduate applications this year is that they're really thinking differently, right? So, for example, some of the programs are asking for videos. Some of them are asking for you to do a video. And we just coached on this in the Graduate Career Launch Program where somebody was like, do I do a video? And I'm like, well, if you're good on video, do a video. If you're not, maybe you want to practice. We also have some other programs as well that are using recruitment companies. Now, this is good and bad, okay? We don't know this up front, but, you know, as we move through the process, sometimes it's evident, like it's obvious, but recruitment companies are like third-party organizations, right? So let's talk this through. When we go to apply for a graduate program, they use a recruitment company. What happens is your application isn't even seen by a nurse. Scary, right? seen by a recruitment company and usually they use some form of system some digital system where they've got to put your application through a computer basically to see if you've done your homework and that you've actually tailored your application to the job i know revelation and then from there they cull so it might not even be seen by a human they might literally just be like no there's no buzzwords there's no keywords there's no vision value mission none of that's in there in your cv cover letter selection criteria so they might just cut it it might never even be seen so i just want you to think about that as you're moving towards your 2023 applications that that might be the case some of these organizations are outsourcing because they don't have the resources inside and that could be a negative thing moving forward because in my personal opinion it's better to have a nurse reading your application because they understand it right instead of a just some Joe Blocks that's done an arts degree, for example. I totally see this already. I had a really good AIM session in outpatient setting, followed the traditional new grad path. And although I really, I enjoy it, I really miss my outpatient job. I, yeah, I love this. How can you get back to outpatients? Here's another thing that most people won't tell you, that you need to stay and you need to finish your graduate program. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> You don't have to do anything. You get to decide. Do what's best for you. No one will ever come and say, by the way, I know that you reached out for the outpatient. Let's create this job for you. They will not do it. You have to do it for yourself. So I love that. Really think about like what's different for you and Byron. Think about what's different. And what can you take from that outpatient job that you can bring into this job that you have right now if you want to stay? But if not, like, start creating opportunities. Connect with the people and outpatients in your hospital. Go and have a conversation with them. Drop off your CV. Be ballsy. Like, go out and do these things. Because I tell you what, you never know what might happen. And then, like, it could be fun. However, I will acknowledge this, right? And there is also, this is a real thing. When you do a job and then you move on and you move into something new, often our first job is, like, the job. I think back to my first nursing job and I'm like, oh my God, I loved it. It was amazing. It was incredible. But if you put me back there now, 
I don't think I would love it as much because I loved it at that time because it was so exciting and so vibrant and like so many things I was learning and I had so much growth, but now I wouldn't have that growth. So that is also true. So bear that in mind when you go to these, you know, you think, oh, I maybe want to go back here. Maybe want to do that. Just make sure you like your reason why and be open to the fact that maybe you have outgrown it. Maybe, just maybe. Okay, I love that. Stephanie says, I'm in my last year of nursing study. Any tips to retain medication knowledge? Okay, well, number one, <laughs> I literally couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you half the meds now because I haven't done them for a while. So what I would say about retaining knowledge, okay? Repetition is important, but also like how are you ever going to remember everything? One of my best tips for you is when you go to placement, get a list of the ward medications. Some wards have it on the wall, right? Because you quickly flick through it and you can say, oh, do we have your Omeprazole? Yes, we do. And if you've got that, photocopy it, take it home in your downtime on placement, work through it and be like, what family is this? What's the classification of this drug? How does it work? What does it do? Doing that on each placement when you've got downtime, because let's be honest, there is downtime. I see you all sitting at the desk. <laughs> there is downtime sometimes. So let's use that time wisely, right? So that's one strategy. And then when you start, or you can go to your pharmacist on the ward and be like, hey, I'm a student. Can you give me a list of the medications on this ward? And you know, they might not love it, but hopefully they'll do it. And you follow them for the three weeks until they do it. And then you build that knowledge and that skill base for yourself. The more you become familiar with the drugs that you use every day, the easier your nursing job will become. But here's the top tip. When you go to your graduate nursing year and you get that first job, whether it's your grad program or nursing on your terms, you do the same thing. And you spend your first month really learning the meds on the ward, really learning the normal doses, really learning what classification they are, what the contraindications are, and you focus on your specific area because you'll then know what comes up most, right? For example, I'm going to butcher this, but let's say you work in, I don't know, like pediatrics and they don't give a lot of furosemide. I don't know. Don't go for me if you do. But let's say they don't. Then, yeah, is it really worth you spending a lot of time learning how furosemide works? Because in that moment that you need that information, you'll just Google it and you'll find it and you'll use the MIMS. So I hope that helps. Really just practice makes perfect or practice makes progress. And you're never going to know every drug. So release that from your psyche. And you don't need to. Okay, you really, really don't need to. You just need to know the things that you give most days. And that will help you 100%. Okay, love it. Oh my goodness, so many things. I love this guy. It's so good, Sarah. I was just reflecting an awful experience on my very first ward as a student. Hospital training. Okay, well, you know, those awful experiences, I'm sorry that you went through that. That sucks. And we can all relate to that for sure. I'm pretty sure all of us can relate to that in some way, shape or form. But I want you to tap into the version of you that was before that. The version of you that was like standing at the hospital doors on the first day that's like, wow, I'm about to do this. And think about how far you've come. That's such an important reflective activity that I want everybody to do. I'm now an RN and wish I listened to my heart and applied for an RN position in outpatients. Hey, guess what? You still can. Still time. Do it. What's stopping you? Get real serious with yourself. What is stopping you from applying for an outpatient position as an RN? Why can't you do it? Like you guys all know the story of me like demoting myself. I demoted myself from numb to educator. You can do whatever you want. Okay, please do not think that you're stuck. If you feel stuck and you're watching this back, I want you to go and listen to 10 Reasons Why You're Stuck on my podcast. Okay, I have a bit of fun with it. I'm a bit sassy, I'm sorry. But go and watch it. Go and listen to it. You can watch it on YouTube as well. But Byron, let's do it. Apply. What have you got to lose? Seriously. Do it. 
Hannah, I'm assuming you're about to graduate in 12 weeks. Yes, let's celebrate that. Let's like, let's celebrate this. I'm still feeling unprepared for the job in so many ways. Is this normal? Okay, 100%, 100%. I recently have been talking a lot about like, it's totally unrealistic for us to think that the uni can set us up. Like, let's be real. It's, and I have this belief, right, for a long time. And a lot of people do. Like, oh, the uni didn't set me up. I'm not, I feel like I'm underprepared. I hear you. The challenge is like the uni's job isn't to prepare us. The uni's job is just to give us the tools and then we have to prepare ourselves. Like we have to get into that space. So I would challenge the fact that maybe the reason that you're feeling unprepared is because of what you're thinking about your ability to succeed moving forward. And this is totally normal. Most people at the end of their degree are like going through that period of change, right? We're like, oh my God, this is real. And it suddenly becomes very real when you've got 12 weeks left, okay? So I just want to offer that to you that maybe you're not underprepared. Maybe you're not unprepared. Maybe you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Do you honestly believe that your facilitators and your buddies and your mentors through this three-year process would let you get to where you are today if you weren't ready? Only you can answer that, okay? I really want you to think about it. Because our brain offers us a thought like, I'm unprepared, like, what does that even mean? Unprepared could be, I don't have my scrubs sorted out yet, or I don't have a job, or, oh my goodness, I don't have X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm really lacking in IV cannulation and catheterization and IV fluids. If that's the case, then when we're more specific, the more specific we get with ourselves, the more questions we ask ourselves, and the more that we challenge our brain's initial subconscious thoughts, the better answers we will get. It's fascinating. The better questions you ask yourself, like, oh, what does unprepared mean for me? My brain's offering me this. What does that even mean? And then sometimes you realize that, like, you're totally prepared. <laughs> right? I did this recently where I was like, oh, my God, I had a terrible quarter. Like, the first three months of the year, I didn't do X, Y, and Z. And then I sat down and I went, hold on. What did I actually achieve in the first quarter this year? And I was like, holy shit, I achieved a lot, right? Sometimes we just have to be super intentional and really question the thoughts that are coming up for us. Best advice going into nursing role. Number one, if you're not in the GCLP, come join us. We'd love to have you. The Graduate Career Launch Program, we literally set you up and we do this every week and you will have everything you need from start to finish to get your dream graduate nursing role. That's literally what we do. And we love it, okay? So that is option. If you can't do that, you're choosing not to do that, we have so many free resources you can use to set you up moving forward. But honestly, my best piece of advice for nursing is learning to become aware of the thoughts that you have about your abilities the thoughts that create your feelings, that drive your actions and create your results. I'll say that again. As a nurse, I know that all of you watching this can do all of the things. You can go and do the cannulation, you can learn all these skills, but what is not taught and what the main problem was for me in my nursing career throughout every stage was that I did not know how to manage my mind. I let my thoughts run wild. I'm not good enough, I'm not capable, I'm an imposter, I'm too young, I'm too old. I hear all of it all the time. I told myself all of these thoughts. And none of them are factually true. So learning to manage your mind and to see the difference between what your subconscious brain, your primitive ego brain, that fight or flight part of your brain offers you versus the prefrontal cortex, which is your rational adult planning part of your brain, being able to decide in in the moment, be like, oh, hold on. Why am I choosing to think I'm not good enough here? Because I missed the 10 o'clock Panadol. Hold on. Like that doesn't mean that I'm not good enough. (laughs) And you challenge that. That is my best advice. Learning how to manage your mind is a life and career tool that you will never, ever regret learning. Hannah, would it be crazy not to go for a grad program? Not at all. Do your thing. Love it. 
do it, whatever. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. Go back to the start of this. We talked about that. You can totally, absolutely do this. Meow the Cat Artist. I love these names so much. That's a really good tip. I'm going to try that out. Please do. I'm sure that was in relation to medications. Okay, how are we going? Hannah, whoa, that's so good. Thanks for the advice realization. Yes, so powerful, right? We forget that we're, we're uh, in control all the time. All the time, we're in control, but we just delegate that control. I talked about it this week on the podcast. We outsource all of our happiness, right? We outsource everything to the external world. And I say the royal we, I shouldn't say we, but you know, I did for a long time. I outsourced all of this stuff. And I realized through lots of mind management that I need to give it to myself. Anything I'm looking for external to me, like being prepared, Hannah, for example, like how can I prepare myself better? If I'm genuinely unprepared, it's my job to prepare myself better. Love it, love it, love it. Stevie, do you have prices for the grad prep on your website? Yes, it's all there. We actually have a full graduate nurse hub. I created it last week. Everything's there. The blog, the podcast, the graduate nurse success series, the free download, which is a graduate career application guide, and then the GCLP. If you want to join us, if you want to make this like we guarantee you your results. So we work with you from start to finish until you land your dream job. So let's do it. Stevie, I went to go to sleep, but then thought about your advice before decided to come back to life. Stevie, I love this. That's a sign, my friends. <laughs> that's a sign that we're meant to work together. Come and join us. We'd love to help you, whether that's through our free resources or whether you want to join us in a program. And if you have any questions, you can always message us and you can join the program or you can just send us a message for sure. Final couple of minutes. I'm going to do another five minutes because I've got somebody coming to fix the dish. <laughs> somebody's coming to fix the dishwasher which by the way when the dishwasher is not working it's hell on earth who wants to wash ringing dish sheets it's disgusting <laughs> what questions do we have you've got five minutes of my time and i love 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 asking answering all these questions we've had so many aha moments today one other thing that i really wanted to talk about today whilst you guys write your questions was doubt and managing our day. I think it's so important as we move forward. And one thing that I really like reminding myself of when I'm feeling or experiencing self-doubt is the word self. I am creating that for myself. I want you to think about this, right? When in your life has anybody ever turned around to you and said, you know what, Liam, you're just not articulate. Hopefully that's never happened. But for me, like I used to tell myself all the time that I wasn't articulate. It's hilarious now because I have a podcast and I talk all the time. I literally talk for a living. But I used to tell myself that all the time, that I was not articulate. And I think that it's really, really important that we acknowledge that a lot of the diet that we have is self-created. It's created through conditioning, through what we've experienced as kids, through what we've experienced as adults, through our lived life experiences, through our career experiences. It's optional for us to buy into that and believe that it's true. Because if somebody did say to you, by the way, you are totally inarticulate. Would you just absorb that belief as your own and take it and run with it? Or would you question it? We've got to get to a place where we question our own self-doubt. We have to be like, hold on a second, Liam. Why would I choose to think that no one wants to listen to my podcast? Why would I think that that was true? What is the upside? from me thinking and believing that that's true. So just get curious with yourself, doubt. I'm not going to go too much into it, but I just wanted to plant the seed of doubt is totally optional and it's usually self-generated. 
okay? It usually comes from the fact that we just have some thoughts that we just haven't brought to our awareness. We haven't brought them to light. And when we do, and we challenge them, and we go, hold on a second, often we can offer ourselves a bit of compassion and be like, hold on, I don't want to believe that that's true. Because when I believe that I'm inarticulate, I don't show up and I don't communicate well. I want to communicate well. So let's reverse engineer that. Love that. Meow the cat artist. I love this. I'm going to check your page after this, by the way. I want to see what's going on. What was the most important thing that you learned from your own graduate for balancing nursing relationships, life, etc. during your graduate? Well, it was like 12 years ago, <laughs> but I didn't actually do a graduate. Yeah. So in the UK, it's not a thing. It's 100% Australian. I think there's pros and cons to it, but I did, a, obviously I had a year, my first year. I started off in medical admissions and planning. I moved from Scotland down to just outside London and oh my goodness, that was a baptism of fire. I went from, you know, really cute little hospital in rural Scotland and then I moved down to the to Reading outside London and I started in medical admissions and planning. It was a 50-bedded unit with a four-bedded HDU and I remember walking in Totally new environment, new hospital, never worked there. Scotland, England, NHS is different. It's very different in the way that it's set up. So it was totally new. So of course, I was navigating all of the crap, right? My brain was like, you can't do this. I was working 12-hour days. I literally lost like 10 kilos in my first three months. Now, I'm not saying this can happen for everybody. It's not a good weight loss strategy. The reason why was because, one... I was working 12 hours a day. They had really bad break rules. Like breaks were not a thing, as you can imagine. It's an extension to the ED. So we were just slammed every day. Literally seven o'clock, four patients, one in the side room. And then 10 o'clock, another four patients, one in the side room. And often the side room patient was very sick. So they were usually on some form of like BiPAP or CPAP, like intermittent. They could take it on and off. And it was like, what the hell is this? And of course, they always put the sickest people in the side room, right? Because infectious disease and all of the things. So my grad year was a real baptism of fire. I remember, and I made a, a friend on like day two, and she had started three weeks earlier. And she was like, good luck, you'll get there. I don't think that it's as bad as that nowadays. I think that there are different variations of what you go through and what you experience. The key takeaway for me was that you're going to make a mistake. It's how you respond to making the mistake for yourself that really, really matters and will live with you on past that mistake. The other thing is really building your life around work and life. So really looking at your calendar. We teach this in the GCLP, like how can you calendar out your life so that you can set yourself up for success? Because what I know to be true is that when we leave it to the moment, I don't know about you, but when I leave something to the moment, I'm like, I'm going to go to the gym. I don't go <laughs> because I'm using my primitive brain in that moment. I'm not planning ahead of time and I'm not laying out my plans really clearly for myself to be like, no, on Tuesday, I'm working at 12. On Wednesday, I'm going to go for a massage at 10 and I really plan out my week. So that's another thing that I think is valuable to consider. But really what I would have loved to have known at that point in my career was that it's all, I don't know how to explain it. Like it's it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. And your graduate year is literally just like a buffet of experiences, right? I just want you to think of it like this. It's not the be all and end all. It's not, you know, if you get ED, be the best thing for your career. If you don't, it's the end of the world. If you have to start in aged care and you hate aged care, then, you know, all of that's rubbish. It's all rubbish. I don't want you to buy into any of that because you get to decide, right? You can do two weeks. We had a grad that did a job for a week and she just hated it. it just wasn't for her. That's fine. What can you do? We just go back to the drawing board and we explore. So I think 
allowing yourself flexibility and space in your graduate year is so important. Because when you do that, you just put less pressure on yourself. Because you're like, well, you know, if this doesn't work out, that's fine. But on the flip side of that, you can go all in and you can, I can make this work. I can understand this. But the biggest challenge that I see now is that people go in and they have such high expectations of themselves that by week two, they're literally done. They're burnt out, they're misaligned, and they're already in the Facebook groups. I call it the Wild West of Facebook. And they're in there saying, oh my goodness, I can't do this. And it's like, who said you can't? You totally can do this. Maybe there's just a couple of things out of whack. Maybe we need to just look at how you're balancing your life. Maybe, just maybe, your expectations are too high, right? Your job for the first three months as a graduate nurse is literally to survive. <laughs> like thrive, but survive. You've just got to go in and do what you've been doing and implement and consolidate. Your graduate year is not a year where you should be doing any extra study. Do not be doing postgraduate qualifications and PhDs whilst you're doing study. People do it. It's cray cray. Love that. I don't know if that helps. I went on a bit of a rant there, but... Your relationship with yourself and your graduate is going to be the most important thing. And that comes from the thoughts that you have about your ability to succeed and what you define success as looking like, right? Like if you think success is being perfect in your graduate year, then you're going to have a hard year. <laughs> or if you think success is like showing up and going to work and being a sponge, like just be a sponge. Just absorb it all and be so open to it all. And don't make any of it mean anything about you any of the feedback, even if it's delivered terribly, even if somebody says, you know what, you totally stuffed up today. Like that was just a no, no, don't ever do that again. If somebody gives you shitty feedback like that, you get to decide what you make that mean. So that would be my advice. Love that. That advice is amazing. I'm definitely a calendar girl. Alrighty. Thanks guys for hovering around. I love this. I need to do this more. Come on and just, you know, chat to the peeps. Let me know if there's anything you want me to cover. You can always send me a message if you have a question that you didn't want to put on here. And if you want to come and join us in the GCLP, come and join us. It's incredible. We literally are the only program that exists that does all of this work and supports you from start to finish. If you're applying for one or 10 programs, it doesn't matter. We've got you covered. Come and join us. It will be the best investment you make in your brain, in your career, in your life moving forward. But until the next time, see ya. That's another week in the Graduate Nurse Success Series podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm sure this week has helped you further identify what it is that you want to be doing in your graduate nursing career and that everything is available to you. If you want to take this even further, make sure you go and check out our graduate nurse hub below. The link is in the show notes. And if you're somebody that wants to guarantee yourself a grad, well, what are you waiting for? Come and join us in the Graduate Career Launch Program 2023 intake. Spaces are still available until they're not. So we'll see you there.